Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is our friend and yours, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome to the show, Sparky. Hello, Steve. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Also joining us is Tony DeZino in studio from NBCSports.com. Hello, Sparky. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. It it it's Christmas time hold in on, hold February. On, stop, 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 stop. How's your grandma doing, Tony? Oh, good. I was just I was literally just in Arizona two weeks ago. Hundred and one now, still clicking. And uh, yeah, yeah. Two awesome. years ago already, we had her on in uh, yeah, July. Yeah, that's awesome. Hundred and one year old. Yeah, and that is so cool. All right, go ahead, Rocky. Yeah. Christmas time in February for NASCAR fans. It's the Daytona Five Hundred. And uh, what, what what's your opinion so far with everything that's happening, all the changes? We got uh, segments, segments. What are we calling them? Stages. Stages. It's not, and it's not, it's not the chase anymore. It's the playoffs. Playoffs. It's playoffs? Play- are we talking about playoffs? Exactly. I just want to win a race. A lot of changes for the fans out there, Sparky. What says you? I say it's stupid. Um, you know, I mean, look, it, this is the deal. It's it's similar to what baseball is doing. We talked about this on the big show. You know, baseball is trying to shave off time to make rate, uh, games quicker. Uh, so, you know, the younger audience will actually watch. That That's the whole point of it. So, okay, fine. So you're going to shave off five minutes to gain nobody. Because that's pretty much what you have to do. If you want to shave off enough time in baseball, you have to shave off at least an hour. So play a seven-inning game if you want to go crazy and think you're going to get 18 or 20-year-olds. Uh, to start watching baseball at, at that level. Now you, you fast forward and you look at NASCAR, who has the same issue with three-hour races and everything else that are way too long. And instead of cutting back race length and how long the races are, they decide that they don't want to do that, so they have to come up with some other ways. So now, instead of going for the younger audience, now you've determined you want to go back and get all the old-school race fans to watch so you're going to go back to how it is if you go down a Slinger Speedway and watch a race there. I, I just I don't think it gets new fans. I think you're still trying to get the oldie but goodies uh, to come back and watch if they left. But I got news for you. If Dale Earnhardt Jr. retires, it's done. It's a wrap. It's been real. Sparky, that's a that's a great point because you look at how many drivers we've lost in the last few years. Jeff, you know, just retired or, or moved on. Jeff Gordon, Carl Edwards with his whole stepping away line. You know, Tony Stewart's going to be doing dirt track, short track racing now. He's not going to be. He's just going to be an active owner. We have a young group of drivers that have come in, but none of them yet have hit that stratospheric level that, like, you know, there's that initial, okay, Chase Elliott, boom, you know, Austin Dillon, boom. But really, are they doing anything beyond that initial boom? I'm not sure they are yet. I mean, what say you? No, there there isn't anybody. And that's why when I saw the quotes from Dale Jr. 
uh, in an interview when Dale Jr. is talking about, well, if I win the if I win the championship, I may just walk away and retire on top. My immediate reaction was, NASCAR better hope that doesn't happen. Then do whatever you have to do. Don't let him win because he really is your last big one. I mean, you could talk about Jimmy Johnson all you want, but I don't think people necessarily are tuning in in, in large amounts to watch Jimmy Johnson race. There just isn't that appeal with Jimmy Johnson, whether it be personality, uh, whatever it is. He just doesn't have it. Junior has it still. Now, you could say, well, a large part of it is because of his dad's last name, and that very well may be, but he's still kind of that, you know, rock and roll type guy that's settling in now, and now he's got the concussion thing. Everybody's hoping he's okay and doesn't get hurt again, and people will be watching races for that. There's a reason to tune in for Junior. Most of your audience that go to these races are still all Junior fans. That's what they should be concerned about. You putting in stages to get a few points here and a few points there, thinking that all of a sudden now you're going to create more drama and more hard racing, and uh, you know it's going to change strategy all that much, and now the person on their couch doesn't take a nap for two hours during the middle of the race. I just don't think it works. I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to change anything ratings-wise. Yeah, it's interesting because Michael Waltrip said this on Media Day the other day, the other day he, he goes I, I he goes i'd like to see nascar work with the manufacturers he goes when i wait raced in 24 hours at daytona and Le Mans, when you'd hear a ferrari come by you know it was a ferrari it would be cool if a ford sounded like a ford a toyota sounded like a, a toyota etc and he thinks those manufacturers should work together and make them sound cool and he also thinks the the cars are too loud and the other thing a couple other points he brought up he thought that maybe you should they should have brake lights on so the 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 drivers can you know or the fans can see the drivers when they're breaking into a corner see see the breaking points of between the certain drivers. I mean I think that kind of shows that there's a lot of people that are heavily involved in the world of NASCAR right now that don't really there there isn't one answer you know they 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 don't know what the answer is do they? Sparky? I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you the answer. Cut the races in half. Make sure that the you remember what uh, who was it Champ Car. Mm-hmm. The race was done within two hours for TV time or whatever, and it was uh, timed races. Yeah, it was an hour forty-five right. window. Yep. Right, exactly. Go back to doing something stupid like that. Now I know every hardcore NASCAR fan's going to throw a fit when I say that, but that's the first solution. The second solution is figure out how to put more violence into your sport. That's your second solution. That's the only reason the NFL survives on three-hour games is because people want to see the big hits, even though they're trying to take it out of the sport. But that—that's what it is. They—they they like people like violence. Uh, and if you don't have violence, then it better be a lot shorter uh, than three hours if you expect somebody to watch the entire thing. People do not want to watch follow-in-line racing uh, with no accidents, no bumping and grinding, none of that going on for three hours outside of the audience that you currently have. And like I said before, now you're adding stages and complicating, in my opinion, what the championship points uh, are going to look like or playoff points, whatever they're calling them nowadays. It's going to make it even harder for the fans to follow along. I just, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. I get it. And I've always given Brian France credit for trying to think out of the box, trying to do things differently. He's the one that came up with the chase format. Everybody gave him grief. But it was something. He was trying to bring drama to go up against the NFL. And I, that's the other thing, since I'm on my little soapbox here. I've been saying this forever. That, that whole chase format and everything else, they should, the season should stop way before it does. It really should. I mean, why pound your heads into a wall and go up against the National Football League during the season? That just doesn't make any sense to me. That that whole thing, the championship, should be that weekend before the NFL kicks off. That should be the final race of the season. That's where it should stop. 
and I realize you're taking out 10 races, 11 races, whatever it is. Be done before the NFL gets going. Be done before, you know, we get to October and November. My God, this thing starts in February. How can you expect somebody to watch every single race from February all the way to almost Thanksgiving? The season is way too long. And Sparky, throughout that, we don't really have an antagonist. You know, you mentioned controversy, you mentioned violence. I think there's there needs to be somebody that can be outspoken without fear, fearing retribution from from the man on top. And and that's that's the challenge because when these new enhancements and and the word enhancements has been very vocal in in the word choice there, uh, there's not been a single person to say, hey, we don't like this or we don't know this is going to shake out. It was just, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And there's not. It doesn't feel authentic in that point when everybody's saying the same thing. And and I would like to see some, you know, even Kyle Bush, who was the closest thing to it, has really kind of softened in recent years. I think that's a lot to do with, you know, him getting married. You know, he's got a kid now. He's sure. still winning. Uh, but Kyle Bush, young Kyle Bush, was a hateable driver because he was A, good, and B, was not afraid to speak his mind. Well, you still got the Penske drivers. I think both of those guys can be. Brad uh, Kay can be that. Yes, Keselowski can be that, and Logano goes back to being his whiny self. He can be that guy that fans don't like. Um, Keselowski, though, is a guy that has been outspoken before and how he wanted to change the NASCAR schedule, if you remember, doing Wednesday races and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. Again, I liked Keselowski's idea with how to change that schedule. Perfect. You're going to race on Wednesday night? That's awesome. Now you're not going against anything. You own Wednesday night. That's, in my mind, perfect. But the problem is, and I understand the logistics, is, okay, but who's going to take off of work to fly wherever to go watch a race on a Wednesday? It's not like you can take an extended weekend to go catch a race. So from an attendance standpoint, that would be an issue. From a rating standpoint, TV's I think they much better ratings on Wednesday night. TV's king, though. We got a ten with a 10-year deal. That's where, I don't know if you saw, there was a, a big Wall Street Journal article that came out this week. But that's that's the thing that you have to move the metrics there because they can't afford further declines in the ratings department. So tracks have taken out a lot of seats anyway. Um, so you, you're seeing it to where you know if you can the camera shots have to be tightened anyway, to, so they're not showing a, a smaller crowd on site. Right. That's exactly right. And, and it's funny we just uh, were doing a thing on the big show uh, earlier this week about how. All the sports are down. NFL was down, Mm -hmm. what, 9%, I think, this year, TV ratings-wise. Across the board, all the sports are down in TV ratings. So I think they have to take that into account. And, again, because you're battling with more stuff. I mean, less and less people have, you know, cable or satellite TV. More and more people are starting to cut the cord, as they put it, and go rely on Hulu and rely on Netflix and other things. And that's killing sports TV ratings at this point. Sparky, who are some of your drivers to look for on Sunday's Daytona 500? Guys, you will be watching besides the obvious. Junior. I just, I think it's all set up for a junior conspiracy theory. Wins the Daytona 500, comes back from the concussion, and everybody praises Junior. I put Junior on my fantasy team because I just think this could all set up to be the year of Junior. And then he walks off into the sunset, and that's the end of that. Um, junior is definitely one guy that I like. You know, I want to say I like Chase Elliott, but, I mean, you're just talking chalk at that point. But I, I think Chase Elliott's going to have a nice year this year, too, uh, going into the 500. Uh, and Leroy Butler uh, earlier this week said, all right, Sparky, give me somebody. Yeah, Dave Coleman and me both. Mm-hmm. Give, give, give me somebody that nobody's ever heard of listening to the show probably, but that might have a chance to win the 500. And I said Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. I, I think Suarez might be that guy that might, might be, you know, that Bane-like character that might, you know, steal the show. Who knows? 
Daniel Suarez would be the 2017 edition of Trevor Bain if he was able to pull it off, right. although I'm sure Suarez is at least we know what he can do in the Xfinity Series having won a championship. It's a deep field, um, but there's still been a lot of turnover, and really it does feel like there's heavyweights and then there's also Rands. It does not feel like a near wide-open Daytona 500 as we've had in previous years. where we... the, other, the other thing, though, is nothing against the Wood Brothers, but, I mean, when Bain won it, they were running a partial schedule, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's running a full schedule with good equipment. I mean, take over for Carl Edwards. That's not garbage equipment that he's driving there. No, and so, for Wood Brothers with uh, Blaney, it's essentially a third Penske car. Right. So they're exactly. they're legit too. Yep. No question. My dark horse is Landon Castle. Uh, he's been we, running good all week. We mentioned that at the top of the show, and and there's some there's certain guys you wonder if you wonder if we get to the stages stage one and suddenly we're down to 25 cars because the first big one happens in the first 40 laps. That's the other question mark. Who's going to get knocked yeah. out early? clarify something for me is this rule that they put in about accidents where you get five minutes to fit your car on pit road and it goes back to the garage you can't come back does that apply to daytona and talladega yes yes okay good well i predict a rule change after week one then because if junior or johnson or any of these guys get knocked out early in the race and then they're they're done and they feel they can race but they don't have enough time to to work on that car and throw a fit you watch well that'll be the end of that i I think the reason for that rule there's, there's nothing worse than a big accident, and NASCAR has been taking so long on these caution flags to clean them up. You'll have a 10-minute caution flag. Right. You'll finally get going with a green flag, and then a, a lap or two later, here's some crap box going down I the agree. back stretch, mm-hmm. throwing parts off of it because the tire blew because they tried to rush the car out onto the track. And I think that's I think it worked well last night in the truck race. I, mean, I agree. I, I love the rule. I'm not yeah. against the rule. Yeah. I'm just saying if a majority of your fan base doesn't get to see their driver taped up or otherwise, that's going to be an issue at some point. I mean, they don't care if it's right. Torres that doesn't come back or whoever, but it's going to be an issue if it's Junior on, like, say, lap five. Uh, and, you know, Junior the race says, yeah, man, we could have got back out there, but with this new rule, you know, we weren't allowed to. Watch the fans go crazy. I think they will. And your pick for the Daytona 500? Junior. Junior, okay, there you have it, up. folks. I, I think it just sets up uh, for Junior coming off a concussion. Everybody's going to be talking about him. The amazing to me is, is Danica Patrick says she has a dozen of these things. A dozen. I mean, if she's had a dozen in her career, how many do you think Junior's really had in his? Yeah, I know. That, mm. that line surprised me because, and I think – I heard this. Graham Rahal said this on the Rich Eisen show the other day. If Danica has really had 12 concussions, that's really surprising because she, you know, say what you will about her performance, but she doesn't crash a lot. It's she's that is true. Yeah, she's not but, known as an accident-prone driver, just but, a perpetually 22nd. But my question is: Are you more prone to concussions in that Indy car than you are in NASCAR and that Sprint car? It it, it, uh, it because it, of how your head. Is able to kind of go left and right, maybe more so than a NASCAR. I think the I think I mean with the Hans device having been introduced, a safer barrier coming in. It's there's not as many concussions as there have been or used to be for guys that race in the 90s into 2000s. Dario Franchitti had a bunch, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. so um, I wouldn't I I wouldn't put that as much. I just remember Danica. If she had one, it was when she had her Daytona 500 crash, the one where DW said, you know, hey, she you know she's the one who taught everyone to take her hands off the wheel. Yeah, right. So. All right, you've been listening to Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on the Big Show. You can listen, hear them on weekdays from two to six on the fans. Yep, and then uh, tomorrow morning, the last edition for the season of the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Nap Auto Care Association. 
and they are giving away a track maple bowling ball, so we'll draw the winner uh, for that tomorrow on the air uh, between 9 and 10. We'll look back at the tournament tournament of champions from last week's TBA show as well. Well, excellent. It's, it's It certainly felt good having you on the show. We're looking forward to your Sparky's final take uh, on the show and the uh, upcoming shows. I, I like it. I think this could be Tony DeZeno's final inspection show. He's pretty rock solid on this whole thing. He man. is. You know, he is. Uh, yeah, it's all an act, but no. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's, good it's, it's good stuff, man. Thanks thanks for having you on. It's been good. You betcha. Thanks, right, Sparky. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's time now. Boy, we're running a little late here. I know. but Too much good times. Yeah. That's uh, okay. We're running at Eddie's time. Yeah. Uh, coming up next on the final inspection show, we'll have Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We'll get the latest from some testing that's been happening in Florida over this past week. Uh, the final inspection show brought to you by... Great, legendary Great Lakes Dragaway. Yes, and the Milwaukee Air and Napa Auto Care Centers. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Storyway, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation. Nation, welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Excellent. It's been a busy show. This could easily be a three-hour show. I know. You're, you're cutting me thin here. Well, I, there's a, I mean, we've been changing. every every. I had everything lined up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it's been like six, four, three, eight. You know, it just everything's been out of order. I moved you about three times so far in the show. Sparky got moved around, and everything's. I I know. I, I have one fan in Milwaukee. My daddy's listening right now, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Are you really going to be on?" <laughs> well, but, we appreciate uh, your patience. It's no always good problem. having you on the show. No problem. Um. So what's the latest uh, down? You were down in Sebring. Sebring yeah. on, uh, when was that? I was there Thursday. And what's and going on down 30, there? They had 34 cars for the test, the upcoming uh, 12-hour race at Sebring on March 16th through the 18th at the famed uh, Sebring International Speedway, um, which is just you know, an incredible track for these cars to come from all over the world to race here for this. And Eddie, the uh, there was a the Cadillacs once again basically led the way. I mean, it's only a test session, so you can't read a ton into it, but uh, they seem to be pretty strong. And then, but the the big thing I wanted to get to was there was a special uh, guest driver in uh, the Ferrari in the GT class. Yeah, Juan Montoya, Juan Pablo Montoya was there yesterday um, and did a handful of laps in the Risi Ferrari. Uh, he definitely every. It seems like the rumors and stuff of him going sports car racing are really starting to pan out. Um, and he he wants to go that direction now that uh, IndyCar racing. You know, he's retired from there. 
You know, Eddie, Montoya is an interesting guy because you saw him down at the Race of Champions already this year down in Miami. He's he's won everything. He's won an F1. He's won an IndyCar. He's won a NASCAR. He's two-time Indy 500 champ. He's running an extra car now for the 500. But his new phase of his career, if that is how it progresses, and that's what kind of the rumor mill has been saying, I mean, what do you think he could do in sports cars if, if he kind of had that opportunity? Well, I'll tell you, Juan Pablo Montoya was never as loose as I've ever seen him racing at the race of champions. And, uh, he's incredible. I mean, he jumped in there and I mean, he won it, knocked out all those guys that, you know, win every year, uh, Vettel got knocked out and, you know, I mean, he, he, his approach and, you know, he's been at the go-kart races with his kids and involved in the go-kart team and he's just got a different outlook on it now uh, with racing. And I think that really helps. It definitely helps him uh, to be a better race driver. And I think, you know, sky's the limit. I mean, he pour, he tested the Porsche 919. Um, they wanted, you know, they wanted to have him drive, you know, for Porsche. But uh, it just, that direction changed with Porsche. But, you know, he, he's definitely made his mark and he's won in everything you know I, I saw a tweet today or i should say this week and it was somebody well it was marco andretti and marco andretti's like up oh, i'm on a nine mile run today and last last year you saw us talking about yeah, i'm doing this and working out doing xyz i'm like dude that's not the issue you need to be in a race car and I've been saying this for his whole career that he's never had enough miles behind the car. And I just think when you see guys like, you know, what we we're talking about with uh, Montoya and, and, and these uh, other guys that are running around, you, you know, yeah, you need, I don't care what it is, if it's a shifter cart or what, you need to be, you need to be driving. Well, I mean, you could have a whole story on why Marco uh, is, does what he does. I mean, he, doesn't want to lose and and that's part of the problem of trying to drive in something that you haven't driven in uh he's afraid he's going to get beat bad and the psyche and you know if if you if you're afraid to lose you're going to lose and and that's the problem he does not want to get out of the box and you're right i mean look at tony stewart or you know i mean all these guys that switch and, and drive anything that they can drive. I mean, uh, Roman Dumas, I mean, Porsche driver, he's doing Pike's Peak. He, he's doing rally, uh, rally racing. He actually won a few weeks ago in Monte Carlo a rally. So, I mean, to be a good race driver, you have to drive in other forms of racing. I think you would have to admit that, huh, Tony? I would think so. I mean, you gotta, you gotta follow everything. You gotta keep up with everything and you gotta, gotta stay sharp. You know, it, it, the more variety and the more diversity you do, usually it makes you a more well-rounded uh, individual. And speaking of well-rounded and things that go in circles, Eddie, do you have a Daytona 500 pick? Do I have a, ton uh, the monster girls. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, they're going to be in victory circle. I see. That's a. That's like. See, good. we should give him Danica for that, even though she's I, been running I was very say strong that kind this of, week. No, no, does that default no, no. to that? So, no. yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Matt Kenseth. Kenseth. Add that one to the pool. Yeah. So okay, uh, we have 
let's see for our guys here. Uh, Dennis Michelson is Dale Earnhardt Jr. And we'll we'll post these on Twitter and also on uh, the Final Inspection Facebook page. Uh, Sparky is Junior. Tony DeZino, you have Brad Keselowski. I have Brad K. Got the two car. And I'm I'm going with Chase Elliott. I'm going to go with the rookie. Lori Monroe, who we'll hear in the next half hour, along with Dennis, she's going with uh, Joey Logano. Eddie Lapine, you're going to go with Matt Kenseth. And uh, Tim Allen also picked uh, Matt Kenseth. NASCAR girl, Summer Santana, she's going with Junior. John Wiedemann, RacingNation.com, he's going with uh, Martin Truex Jr. Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he's going with uh, Kevin Harvick. Bill Michaels from the Bill Michaels Show, of course, is going with Joey Logano. And uh, his sidekick and his Robin, uh, Radio Joe Zenzola is taking Daniel Suarez. Jeff Orlowski, what says you? I say Clint Boyer. Boyer, oh, I like that pick. That's a, he's been he's been. I, boy, if there's a guy who has a bounce in his step this year, it has to be him. Yeah, definitely. From, from the 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 hell of a year he had last last year, in a it, granted it was it just you know we knew what it was. It was kind of a car cobbled together and, and whatnot, and and it was underfunded, and it turned out to be more probably more underfunded than he thought it was going to be. But he knew he was getting this ride, so it's like. I gotta get through this year. Doing my time through this year. Yeah, I will exactly. Get out. So he, yeah, he he must be just just giddy. Uh, the the difference between the two from last year to this year. Absolutely. Eddie Lapine, yeah. we certainly appreciate. It. We're coming up against the the end of the hour. We'll talk to you next week, though. Thanks a lot. And make sure you go to Racing Nation and check out the story about Sebring. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. It's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And I got to tell you, folks, we're getting charged up for NASCAR. This is Dennis Michelson along with Lori Monroe. We'll get you caught up on all of the exciting stuff going on in Lori Monroe. It's time for the Great American Race. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. You gotta love it. (laughs) The Super Bowl. Would you stop with that? It's the Game 7 of... NASCAR. It's the Derby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's, can, the, it's the great American bond spiel. Can we just love this race for all of the tradition and wonderment of this and not try yeah, to find a stick and ball sport equivalent? I know. Oh. It's just gotten worse as time has gone by. All the all the phrasing and, and terms and definitions and all that stuff. I just sort of I, I just kind of. I want to dial back a few years and start over again. And when it comes to terms, I had a problem on Thursday night with the terms because I can't remember whether it's supposed to be duels, D-U-E-L-S, or duels, D-U-A-L-S. I know. It's just very confusing. It's, it's funny. I knew it, and I know I should know it. And then I forgot it. So then I actually had to Google the thing. I actually did. I Googled this yesterday because I wanted to remember what it was called back in the 70s, 80s, or I guess more so the 80s when it was actually the the duels. Everybody called it the duels. And now it's the 
the dual. Is it not just the dual singular? Yeah, it's a singular, but there's two of them, which so doesn't make sense. It's a dual, but it's also duels. It's, there's, there's duels on the track, but it's a duel of duels. It's a duel of right? duels. I like that. And what we saw on so Thursday, confused. what we saw on Thursday is what we've seen in these qualifying races since the dawn of time. One of them was fabulous, almost to, to the point of tearing your hair out. Yeah. And the other one was very, very tame. Usually yeah. it's because we have a big wreck in the first one. And then everybody in the second one is, is acting normal. Yeah, this, they sober up because they see the wreck. Yeah. This time around, it was just sort of that fear of the big one that never happened that got them to race sort of tame in the second one. But all in all, I was very impressed by what we got to see on Thursday night. Yeah, I was really surprised with the first duel slash duels duel of dual duels. How racy these cars were, how racy the drivers were. And what impressed me was seeing some of these cars get really loose. It just sort of snap, and the and the and the drivers could just hang on and bring it back. That's what shocked me. I thought that was fabulous. But the first, I, I don't now. I'm afraid to call it duels. The first duel, the first race, race number one, was crazy. I was on the edge of my seat. I thought this is just this is awesome stuff. And then, of course, when race number two comes along, yeah, the guys are sort of spread out a little bit in the beginning. But after that first, uh, whatever you want to call it, the competition caution, they sort of sucked it up and, and, and got a lot more racier, I thought. And, you know, we did see some guys sort of smacking the wall a little bit and there's sparks flying off a of Hamlin's car just because. And... I thought it was just as entertaining as the first race. It was a little bit different complexion. You're not going to have a, a mirror image when you have races back-to-back anyway. Different cars, different drivers. So I just thought it was incredible. So if you take each race and if you combine them together and bring us the Daytona 500, if we saw half of what we saw on Thursday night, it is going to be incredible. It's been almost Seriously. 20 years, actually 21 years, I guess, since a the guy who won the pole bothered to race for the win in his dual race. Do you think that the bonus points were the reason that Chase Elliott hung it out, or is it just because he's a young kid who just wants to win every time he's behind the uh, the wheel? Quite frankly, I don't even think anybody's thinking about these damn bonus points. I know I'm not. Chase Elliott so needs to win a race. It was so good to see this kid finally win a race in a cup car. This is what we want to see. That's what he needs. I was so glad to see him smiling when he was out of the car because, my God, we've seen this kid run well and just beat himself up. And, of course, we'd seen bad stuff with him on the track, and he's even worse on himself. So, you know, to see him win and feel good about it, that was just awesome. What a, what a, that was a great race. And he drifts back to, like, seventh or eighth, and the announcers yeah. come on and say, well, he's got a car that he's trying <laughs> to save for Sunday. And then the next thing you know, he just yeah. flies up on the outside and to the lead. That really impressed me. He's got a, he's got a fast hot rod. A got fast hot rod. It's incredible to see how these guys could really get a get ahead of steam going. I was 
stunned seeing the speed some of these guys could get when they're hooked up together. Like, just incredible. Just incredible to watch. It was fun. Did we learn anything from Thursday night that that makes you sure who's going to win on Sunday? I don't know if it makes me sure who's going to win. What questions were answered for me was how well is Stuart Haas going to get onto this Ford plan? And I don't even think they're going to – they're not missing a beat. It was incredible. There's a lot of good cars out there, but I'll tell you, to see to see Cliff Boyer, as Uncle Cy would call him, Cliff Boyer, <laughs> to see Clint Boyer finish second in the second race yesterday after the abysmal last couple of years this guy has had, he's got to be walking on cloud nine knowing what he's got underneath him. That was That was fun to see. Hendrick sweeps the front row in qualifying. We see Hamlin and Chase Elliott get the win, so they'll be starting up towards the front. Well, Chase was already there. But what an exciting race that we're going to see in the great American race on Sunday, the Daytona 500. Did you see McMurray all over the place? Oh, he was crazy. He scared the crap out of me about 10 times. I thought, this guy, my God, what's going to happen here? But yeah, he's starting starting up front too. Both of those Ganassi cars were crazy fast. So all I learned on Thursday is that we're going to have a fantastic Daytona 500 and any one of at least 15 guys could win. There's that many fast cars. You mentioned Clint Boyer and that brings us to our new game show here on 105.7 FM. The fan it's called this or that. Will there be more wins by Kurt Busch or Clint Boyer this year? Ooh. Well, well, judging on what we saw Thursday night, I'm going with Clint. I, I really think Clint is so hungry to, to, to do better than he did. As I mentioned, the last couple of years were abysmal. I just think he, I, I, I'm going with Clint. I can't even give you a good reason why. I really can't. We can we can talk all day and all night about Kurt Busch and what, what we all think of him, what we expect of him. But we really we know what we have right now with Kurt Busch. We know what he has accomplished in the last couple of years. We know how far he's gotten. He's made chases. But we really have an unknown with Clint Boyer. And what I saw from Clint Boyer, and we've seen him in the past. This guy can drive a car. Now he's got he has got, as you said earlier, he got a real hot rod under him. He really, really does. So I don't know why, but I'm just going to go ahead and say Clint Boyer. Very impressive run by Danica Patrick in her qualifying race coming in seventh. She was fourth in the clash last weekend. So more top tens by Danica Patrick or more wins by Dale Earnhardt Jr. I have to pick between the two. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm going with Dale Jr. all the way. I, I really am. I Danica had a good run in, in the clash, had a good run Thursday night in the duel. She's going to be good at Daytona. We know this. I just don't really expect a whole lot more out of her than what we've seen. And I, I even said this last week as well, I believe. We, we've seen what Danica brings. I read an article um, or a comment from, from another driver that 
she she's a good driver. She just doesn't know when to capitalize on the the next step to go ahead and win. And, and I sort of buy that because you think, wow, why isn't she up there fighting tooth and nail with these other guys? We don't see that. So without question, I'm going with Dale. Big changes in the Xfinity Series, limiting the number of times a cup racer can race uh, this year. Last year, Joe, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing had 19 wins in the Xfinity Series. And last year in the cup division, there were 13 different cup winners. So this year, are we going to see more different winners in the cup division or more Xfinity wins by Joe Gibbs Racing? I'll take door number three. <laughs> You tell me. You answer this question because I'll tell you, it's a it's a crapshoot. I think Joe Gibbs Racing is going to have fewer wins overall in the Xfinity Series. Uh, I think maybe like 15, but I actually think there'll be <laughs> more winners. 15. Yeah, I think there'll be more winners. I, they still have the best cars by far. I think there will be more winners in the cup division this year. I think there will be 14 or 15 winners. So I'm just going to give it barely to Joe Gibbs Racing. But, boy, it's going to be close. Yeah, I I think so, too. I agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the favorite segment here on 105.7 FM. The fan, it's take. We already have a favorite segment. Oh, it's taking over the world by storm. Oh, wow. It's time. in here. It's time for our still blowing of the week. Yes, they love explosions in Milwaukee just as much as they do anywhere on the planet. And Lori Monroe, you get to go first. Yeah, we have to remind everybody what a still blowing is. Um, Back in the day, people had their stills blown up by the revenueers, the competition. Every week we figure we're going to find somebody that really upsets us or some event that upsets us and we're going to blow it still up. So this week... I have to go with our pole sitter, sadly. I have to go with Chase Elliott. Maybe not so much Chase Elliott, but the Dawsonville Pool Hall. This kid wins a pole, and they set off the siren. We have to reserve the siren for actual wins, and they should have been blowing it last night maybe for his, uh, for his duel victory. But for a pole, if we're, if we're handing out siren siren sounds for just getting a pole that's watering down the beauty of the dawsonville pool hall siren so save it for the win don't give it out don't give participation siren blowings just save it for the win dawson pool hall we're blowing up your siren today Ooh, that is a good contender because i was a little bit upset by them putting off the siren for anything less than a real win yeah. It just just doesn't seem right to me. Well, my still blowing has to do with the Thursday night races. We had rain most of the day off and on. It was just kind of annoying. So NASCAR decided that they wanted to have a competition caution because of the green track. Now, a competition caution is supposed to be a safety-related thing. It's supposed to give people a chance to take a look at their tires now i know that these crew chiefs and crews with nascar are fantastic but i don't know how you can just glance at a tire and know whether you've had too much wear in those first 25 laps so nascar if you're going to make it 
to where you're going to stop the race to have a competition caution because you're concerned about the tires, then make it mandatory for a four-tire change for everybody so you can take a look at the tires. You should not turn a competition caution, which is supposed to be for safety, into a strategy play. So for NASCAR, I think your competition caution rules need changes. So Laurie Monroe, mm-hmm. yeah. two very good still-blowing potentials yes. this week. Which one do you choose? Well, since mine was sort of borderline frivolous and just sort of whining on my part, yours it has a little bit more serious edge to it. It's a safety concern. It's legitimate. I really think we should go with yours. It was a tough competition this week. Unlike last week where it was a slam dunk, I think this week is very tough. But I'm not going to argue with Lori Monroe. So let's blow it up. Yeah. So NASCAR, if you're going to scream about safety for competition cautions, you sure as heck better make everybody change tires so you can take a look at all of the tires and see if you had excessive wear in those 25 laps. And while we're on it, you're turning the pit road safety into strategy as well with everybody trying to game the speed limit. How about an absolute speeding penalty thing? These should not be part of the competition. These should be all about safety. So NASCAR, your still has been blown up. You've heard it from us, and it's time to make some changes. You're listening to the NASCAR segment on the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, the fan, Dennis and Lori talking NASCAR and Lori, lots of things in the NASCAR news this week. The big reaction by some of the uh, NASCAR fan base to the scantily clad Monster Girls, but NASCAR announced Monster Girls won't be changing their outfits. Should they? Why should they? I, when I first heard this, I thought, oh, God, what are they wearing? What are they not wearing? And then, of course, you see the pictures, and you think, these girls have more clothes on than half the other women at the track. I don't understand it. I really don't get it. Look back to, look back to when Linda Vaughn was the girl. She wore very revealing clothes, as did several of the others. And, yeah, there's been an evolution with with the different attire with the sprint girls and their fire suits and stuff. But, you know, any short track you've ever been to anywhere around the country or any racetrack that you've ever been to where there's automotive racing, there are trophy girls or, or women in some capacity as either fan liaisons or whatever you want to call them. And their attire varies from bikinis to you know, basically wearing burlap bags. So what is the difference? What is the big outcry over these monster energy girls? They're attractive women. Sure, they're wearing skin tight, almost painted on outfits. Their they're, they're complete legs are covered from their waist to their ankles. They have these bustier type tops. So what? 
go to an Oktoberfest in October at any time. It's what those uh, frow lines look like. So I really don't understand what the outcry is. Look around. Look at look in the stands at uh, half the half of what women are wearing. These girls look good. They're all. It, it's like a, a match team of horses pulling a cart. They all look the same. They're attractive. There's nothing wrong with them. They're they look professional in the capacity that they're meant to look. Also in the news, Dale Earnhardt Jr. says, if I win the title, I might hang it up. Yeah, I heard that as well. And I also heard uh, there's going to be a, well, I already saw it, the interview with him and Amy with uh, Marty Smith prior to the Daytona 500. And he goes on about he just doesn't know when he's going to quit. He doesn't know. He's not sure. He just wants to race. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to predict anything. He's just happy to be back racing. And then I heard this yesterday or the day before about if he wins the championship, he's going to hang it up. I quite frankly think that was sort of an off-the-cuff statement. Somebody asked him, and he just, oh, if I, it's, it's short of saying, I'm going to go to Disneyland. So I really don't know. It, as a Dale Jr. fan, I think it'd be awesome if he won the championship and walked away and, and lived his own life. But listening to him talk about how passionate he is about racing again, I understand he's going to sort of make a decision about re-signing with Hendrick after he figures out how he feels being back in the race car. But for him just to say, I'm going to quit after I win a championship, I don't know if he would. And I don't think he would. But, you know, it, the reality is he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of Very his true. career. Very true. And yeah. boy, did he look good on Thursday night out there. Oh, my God. There. Yeah, he, he, was in, he was in awesome form. He really was. Also in the news, how about this? Mr. Glenn Woods, and I have to show him the respect by calling him Mr. Glenn Woods, his 71st straight speed weeks. Will anyone ever beat that record? Never. Who's Glenn Woods? Because I've always known him as Mr. Wood. It's not plural, Michelson. You got to just snap out of this. Just snap out of it. But the famous Wood Brothers, this sport, if they ever leave, this sport will never be the same. Yeah, they got to hang around. You know, they. I, I know John Wood is sort of in the in the background there, but they got to at least they got to keep it going. Also in the news, Cars Three will be coming out shortly and teaming up with NASCAR all season. Will that attract new younger fans to the sport? No, I don't see it either. <laughs> I really don't. I don't get it. I I really don't. But the first Cars movie was fantastic. So, yeah, it's the same typical thing. Oh, we've had a successful movie. Let's make 310,000 additional movies of the same. We're going to have like Rocky 78 soon. So I don't understand why every day there has to be a new Cars movie and putting such merit on its probability of bringing entire generations of new NASCAR fans. I really am curious. Have they ever done a survey how many fans got on board with NASCAR after watching the movie Cars or any of these movies, Days of Thunder, any movie? I wonder how many new NASCAR fans did that really garner for the sport? I don't think any. You know, I, I think say it's 15. 
Yeah, I think it's good exposure. It's good that, you know, you're in the news, but I don't know if there's much of a crossover. Or if there is, those people might tune in, watch it one week, and then might just decide this isn't their cup of tea. I'm just not sure how the crossover was. <laughs> I be. thought it was animated. Yeah, exactly. There are real cars out there, and they're not talking. <laughs> exactly. Also in the news, Martin Truex Jr., A.J. Allmendinger, and Chris Boucher all failed post-race inspection after their yeah. qualifying races, and they'll start in the back. Should NASCAR lighten up on the rules a little bit, or is this what we're going to see all year long, or a lot of uh, guys failing post-race tech? I want to see it all year long. After last night watching Refuse to Lose or whatever night it was on with uh, that show that Ray Evernham filmed all during 1997 for the Daytona 500 and leading up to it, I am even more determined to I, – I just hope that more more crew chiefs, engineers, more of these people become the future innovators of our sport because – what Evernham did was a thing of beauty during his tenure at Hendrick. So anytime any of these teams, any of these crew chiefs want to uh, sort of work within a gray area, try and find as big an advantage as they can, even if they got to use red herrings here and there, I just think it's a fabulous thing. That's what made the sport and that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it so exciting. You just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen from week to week. So these innovators have just, uh, I, I could care less how many guys get fined or sent to the back because they tried. Isn't that what this sport is about, is trying your very best to, to get an advantage? You would think, but in yeah. today's world, we just don't seem to respect that innovation as well. No. As we used to. Well, the field is all set for tomorrow's great American race, the Daytona 500. Laurie Monroe, who are you picking to win the big race? I really have to stick with Joey Logano. I picked him for the clash. And I just really think that, uh, I just think he's going to do a heck of a job. I, you see what happens to Junior. Nobody wants to race with him. I don't get it because if you're hanging on to Junior, you're going to be up at the front with him. Pass him on the last lap. Why do they hang him out to dry all the time? But uh, I, in my heart, I hope Junior does just for his return to the sport, but I really am going with Logano again. And I'm going to pick Dale Earnhardt Jr. just to kiss up to Junior Nation. You're listening to <laughs> 105.7 FM, The Fan, The Final Inspection. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 